And I guess we, we wanted to just start off by asking you each to tell us a little about yourselves and what led you to join the uh, Police Accountability Commission. Um, does any, anybody want to jump in on that? Yeah, I'll jump in. Um, my name is Lavisa Lloyd. I use she and her pronouns, and I'm a co-chair of the Police Accountability Commission, uh, this phase of work. And what brought me to the Police Accountability Commission in the first place was um, my passion for helping the community um, seek closure, find justice, um, and try to work in a, a more community-centered, community-led way uh, around the issue of police accountability. And for me, that, um, that passion and that interest comes from uh, my background. Um, I'm a mixed race person. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Black American. Um, I'm also queer and um, married to a queer person. And I spent, um, before coming to Portland, I, I spent um, some time uh, living and working in Washington, DC, and I worked at the Department of Justice there, and I spent uh, a little over three years in the Civil Rights Division um, at the Department of Justice, and I worked in uh, a section that spent a lot of time working on um, police misconduct cases, and after spending like three years working on these cases, I just saw over and over again how um, how difficult uh, these types of cases are, um, even when they rise to that level, um, and how frequently families um, and victims uh, get no closure, uh, and just how incredibly painful that is um, not to have like a, a clear or meaningful um, or satisfying outcome uh, when you or your family member has been a victim of um, uh, some type of police misconduct. So I think that's really what uh, kind of propelled me to um, volunteer or to um, uh, you know write my application and say, hey, um, I know that there are going to be a lot of great people um, picked for this, but uh, I have a particular interest and a particular background on this and um, I care a lot about this issue. So I'm, I'm willing to do the work on it. So that's what brought me here. Um, good morning. My name is Faith Aiken. I use she her pronouns. Um, what brought me to the work? Um, I've worked in social justice spaces my whole career. Um, I'm a policy analyst and researcher and I also have a significant disability. And in 2020, when the protests were happening in Portland, it really, uh, as a person with a disability, was like, how do I engage in these spaces? Like, what is a safe, like, it's not safe for anyone, but truly for me, it would not be physically safe. Um, so what are the ways in which I can use um, my skill set to demonstrate my frustration. Um, and so it planted a seed in 2020 of feeling really frustrated, like the rest of Portland and the rest of the country, but also doubly feeling frustrated that the way that 
civic participation was happen happening was a way that was inaccessible to me. Um, so it planted that seed. And um, when I saw the commission open up for participation, I was like, this is absolutely what I want to use my resources and my time on. I didn't know it would be so much time, um, but I think, you know, that seed got planted and I'm still here. Um, and I'm also really committed to finding ways to make the space more accessible. Um, I work with a lot of folks with disabilities and so many of our spaces are not accessible and especially talking around police accountability, um, folks with disabilities aren't a part of that conversation. So um, that's why I'm here. It's been so fascinating and also, I mean, we're gonna just, this is still like a love fest among the three of us. Um, we've, the last six months being co-chairs together, I think that like our text thread is like, you got this man, you're doing great. Uh, so I'm really glad to be here with CMOB and Lavisa too. So thanks for having us. Um, yeah, no, um, my name is Seemab Husseini, he, him, his, and um, what's drawn me to this work is uh, I had no idea that I would actually be doing this uh, until the last seven years. I'm in my mid forties right now, took a career change when I hit 40. And, um, but spent a lot of my youth foundationally working within our communities in Los Angeles, where I was born and raised. Um, a lot of gang violence prevention, um, gun violence prevention work, all of it grassroots, uh, none of it systemically acknowledged, um, you know, always pretty much against the system. And, you know, you see how things are kind of currently going in LA with its politics and its city council and the racism still embedded no matter what's changed, um, you know, organized as a teenager in my early teens with a lot of, you know, with the guidance of a lot of elders in the community through the Rampart scandal and, um, you know, foundationally learning and understanding COINTELPRO and stuff like that. But, you know, didn't get into it as work. I got into, you know, sales, brand management, marketing and stuff like that. Um, but met a girl, moved up here 13 years ago, raised a family. But when I moved up here, you know, having an organized with the, with the lens on black liberation and its intersection with Muslim communities in LA, um, I saw a lot missing up here. Had a lot of questions to ask, a lot of exposed communities, um, FBI overreach, ICE raids, stuff like that. Just. Uh, a, a lot of things happening in our communities, Portland 7, obviously, um, and uh, just a lot of interest in uh, countering violence, uh, violent extremism programs, um, trying to seed money into uh, immigrant, refugee, religious communities, just so to be able to create uh, an indirect form of spying uh, on these communities, just really was just running into so much, the more I looked into it, the more I would ask questions, the less answers I would get. So it got to a point where it's like, you know, you kind of have to start organizing around it because you there's an apparent amount of knowledge that you you have. And a site that I had 
and not a lot of organizing around it. And so began organizing around the, uh, uh, some of these issues, um, made a few colleagues uh, with similar interests, founded a civil rights organization, Muslim civil rights organization in the state of Oregon, um, was really increasing in a lot of, um, uh, a lot of representation work, uh, a lot of white supremacy creep that was taking place as well between the Proud Boys and whatnot and, and Patriot Prayer and all these things that was happening over the years. And that really allowed me to basically kind of not only be a person within my Muslim community, that'd be a go-to. Like, well, if there's a problem, hit Simab up and hardly says no. <laughs> um, to being able to utilize that as a form of capital to bring a form of civic engagement and a need to have uh, um, immigrant refugee communities involved in leadership development, civic engagement, to be able to better protect ourselves as a community, not be a person or representative of that protection, but you know, teach folks how to fish. Um, and uh, that led me to seeing an opportunity when uh, 26217 was put uh, to vote. Um, and when that passed, uh, there was a lot of excitement. I was very pleased with Commissioner Hardesty and everything that they had done withdrawing JTTF from the Portland Police Bureau. You know, there was a there was there was a true representation of protecting communities, especially those that are vulnerable um, by the lack of uh, due to lack of police oversight. You know, needing to start there. Um, figured it's an amazing place to gather data and um, and also as a representative of Muslim communities, you know, be there and inform our communities about this type of work and how important it is for us. So yeah, that's how I got into the commission and uh, uh, not, not, not regretted it since. There have been moments where I was like, I questioned, you know, wow. <laughs> but it's, it's uh, being able to be co-chairs with, uh, Commissioner Aiken and Commissioner Lloyd has been amazing uh, to be able to sit and co-chair through this phase. And it's been wonderful. You, you probably talk about this part a lot. Um, and so I apologize for asking you again, but where in its process is the PAC right now? Um, I know that, I mean, I just personally know that you've, you've, you've been the co-chairs for the uh, information gathering phase. Could you just give us a, a little like brief roadmap of where you're at in the process right now? Um, I'll start off and Lavisa and Simon, please help me fill in any blanks. We were nominated and commissioned in July of 2021. Uh, we began our work as the commission in December of 2021. Um, we started out with um, creating the structure of the Police Accountability Commission um, from January until the end of March 2022. And then April 2022 was when the three of us started as co-chairs in the fact-finding phase. Um, that has led us uh, six months um, here to October. We just wrapped up the fact-finding phase this last Thursday. 
um, October 17th, no, October 21st, that's right. And um, we have until June 2023 before we go to city council for approval of what we recommend. So in between now and June 2023, we will be establishing powers and duties. Um, we'll be going over really specific logistics, like where will the new oversight body be located? Where will their office be? What will the structures look like? Um, how will we take uh, complaints? What, yeah, understanding deeper structures. So from now until June, so the last um, almost year has really been kind of laying the groundwork and understanding what the problem is that we're solving for. And then from here forward is more of the design of what the future oversight system will look like. Um, so from November till June, 2023 is when we'll be working on that and then bring that to city council in June, 2023. Maybe since did I miss anything? No, I think you did a really good job, Faith. Um, it is a it is a short timeline to do the quantity of work that this commission, the Police Accountability Commission, has been tasked with. Um, so we are meeting most Mondays and Thursdays, and uh, we're usually meeting virtually. It's a it's a Zoom. Um, you can find the information by googling Police Accountability Commission Portland. Um, and you'll find the website, you'll find the link, um, you can attend. We strongly encourage and would love members of the public to attend our meetings and um, show up and give us public comment uh, about their interactions with uh, the police accountability system and what they would love to see in the future. Um, and we really do think that, you know, our success is going to come from community engagement. So I just wanted to put that out there that, you know, if if the people who are listening to this um, are as interested and as excited and, uh, you know, if they have um, historical experiences, you know, that are really valuable, we would love, love, love to hear that. And we strongly encourage people to get engaged. Thanks for that, both of you. Um, one of the things that, you know, we see again and again as especially dedicated community members come in and are asked, you know, again and again in different capacities to serve the city. Um, the learning curve is really steep for a lot of people. I know you came all came in with your own lived experience and some have more formal legal experience with that stuff. Um, but it it can seem really hard for people, especially because Portland has, you know, the policing, you know, globally has some commonalities, but Portland has a really unique history um, around uh, its own development um, and its own relationship with the police force. Is there anything in particular that has come up that has been really kind of surprising to you all as you've learned um, in this fact-finding fact phase or not surprising? One thing that has come up, so in the fact-finding phase, we did kind of four major components of work. One, we listened to experts in the city of Portland of like, what's going on? What are barriers? What's actually working? Um, we had a research subcommittee who worked on research from other jurisdictions of what are they doing around police oversight? What's working, what's not? Uh, we looked at best practices from uh, experts and academics around, um, yeah, what, what are the data showing us in terms of um, policing in the US? 
And then finally, we had a community engagement subcommittee. And one of the things that I think that I don't know that it was surprising, uh, but the one of the barriers that was that really stood out from talking about with city of Portland's experts was just how complex um, and opaque the accountability system is in Portland. And it is a winding path. If you Google like police accountability system, Portland, you'll find us, but there's not like a flow chart that you can see from start to finish of what happens if you file a complaint. Um, and that I think a lot of people know that if you if you understand policing in Portland, this is something that most people know. I think one thing that I was really surprised about was it's something that pretty much everyone agreed on, that the system is confusing and opaque. Um, you know, we talked to Police Chief Lavelle, we talked to Mayor Wheeler, uh, we talked to the Mental Health Alliance. Um, it was down the board, everyone could acknowledge that this is a confusing, fractured, pieced together system. And so um, while that was something we all sort of like anecdotally knew, it was really helpful to hear from multiple experts who I would say have very different political interests um, in policing could all confirm the same thing that what we currently have is really confusing. Yeah, um, I would, uh, that's exactly like my point as well. Um, it's not necessarily surprising for me um, uh, being in the role of an advocate a lot for those that have fall into the system, but it is surprising uh, for me that a lot of people are not aware how intentionally designed uh, the confusion is. And it's, uh, in, a lot of lot of uh, lot of redundancies that are built in there that would create a confusion and a and a confusing process to accountability. Um, so, which is the reason why uh, this bill was so clearly presented as a necessity and it was overwhelmingly passed. Um, but uh, I think the other surprising point is how few Portlanders truly understand and realize. Uh, how difficult it is to be able to create um, accountability and that this is a very important process that we're going through. I would say um, those are great answers. I was surprised um, uh, at a group level. I was really pleasantly surprised by how um, how much in agreement the members of the police accountability commission itself were regarding our values and how important following those values was going to be for us as we move forward and as we began to create the structure of the new police oversight system um, our values uh just quickly you know our equity and inclusion, anti-racism, harm reduction, transparency and trustworthiness, community-centered, and effectiveness. And those are the um, criteria that we're going to be checking our future decisions against as we make them. And we worked really hard to get to uh, a values document that we all 
um, really liked and could live with and um, were a consensus decision-making body. We, we use modified consensus decision-making and we really work very, very hard to get to a place of consensus about everything that we do, about every decision, about every major decision that we make. Um, we really are looking for that. So I think I've been extremely impressed by the fact that um, everyone who has shown up to work on the commission is really committed uh, to making sure that we don't recreate the hierarchies um, that have created uh, such a complex and opaque police accountability system in the first place. So we feel like that, that commitment really starts with us, that commitment to anti-racism, that commitment to uh, effectiveness and to being community-centered, um, that, that has to start with us and the way we do our work. Um, when she uh, showed up at the PAC, uh, Commissioner Hardesty um, alluded to how quickly the political winds had changed. Uh, I think you've made a really good case for the, the path that the PAC has taken so far in organizing itself and making itself functional so that this process can um, produce something of, of value for Portlanders. Um, but do you see any tension between this long timeline and the uh, very strong demands that were put forward by the community in 2020? It's basically trying to create a process that was missing uh, and unaccounted for over 20 years, which is accountability and uh, proper oversight. You can't have, and it's proven, you can't have police investigating themselves, current or former. Um, you're not going to get uh, uh, the results of accountability. It's tried and true uh, to be able to understand that, which is the reason why it was overwhelmingly passed by Portland, there's over 80% of voters to be able to say that we need a new process that's civilian run. Um, it's not an insult to law enforcement and it shouldn't be. Uh, accountability is something that we all need and we have in almost every metric of our lives, whether it's your employment capacity, your scholastic capacity, you know, academically, whichever way you're going in life, you're running into aspects of accountability that drive us to make us perform better and uh, in the roles that we're choosing to operate in. Um, and so, uh, and police, I would say, deserve the same. Uh, they deserve to be able to work within a system that makes them better, um, uh, potentially, and has them operating at a level in which they can have better understanding of like, okay, well, there are boundaries that they cannot cross anymore, um, is, uh, is an aspect that I see, in, in my humble opinion, uh, of this process. So. With the shift in political winds, I know that there's a will to be able to politicize certain situations and issues, but uh, I'm, I'm very satisfied with the current commission that we have, the expertise that we have that come from community. It's not just throwing a label saying that we are just community members with no association or understanding of what law enforcement does on a day-to-day -day basis. No, we have decades and decades and decades of expertise and opinion and understanding of people that have actually not only lived but worked on a better understanding police accountability and um, and how uh, it's negatively impacted 
you know, everything up until now. And hopefully we can put together a process that would be trusted by whichever way the city council can wind up moving. I know that there's been a recent uh, uh, shift in the winds from 2020. And I think, as you mentioned, Sam, and alluded to that, um, maybe even some regret as to how quickly um, uh, things uh, moved from 2020 to now, and that for some, they may feel that it's it been radical. I think, I don't think we should sit in that. I think we sit in a process that definitely looks for just fair and transparent um, uh, accountability uh, in systems. And hopefully we don't have to uh, be part of that uh, political regret. Thank you, Seema, for that answer. That was a beautiful answer. For families of someone who has not come home after an interaction with the police, this is not a, a flavor of the month issue. This is something that they'll live with every day for the rest of their lives. And I want to give credit to the members of the community who came out and peacefully protested night after night after night in 2020, um, despite uh, the violence that they received um, at the hands of law enforcement. And uh, I, I, I was there, I was out there, I got tear gassed while peacefully protesting and um, it's hard to forget uh, something like that. And I think that that has been an experience that so many people have had at this point. So um, I, I think for so many of us, the lived experience of this is really deep in our bodies in a way that um, makes it impossible ever to forget. Uh, I will say, um, if the makeup of the city council is different next year, um, that certainly will impact us. And, you know, we will adjust as necessary. But uh, Commissioner Hardesty in particular has shown such enduring support for the work of the Police Accountability Commission. And um, I, I would be remiss not to commend her for her support and the phenomenal amount of work that she has done to make sure that um, Portland can be a leader around the issue of police accountability. And Portland should be a leader around the issue of police accountability. I think that Portland um, deserves to have a functional system going forward. I would love to see Portland be a leader on this nationally. You know, I grew up in Portland, and so I think like sometimes, you know, the place that you grow up is the police force that you're um, kind of, that's what the police represent to you. And I think I'm really struck by specifically your value around effectiveness. Um, I think that for most uh, Portlanders who have had experiences with the police that they've had absolutely no recourse in terms of how to get some justice, like you've been saying, Lovisa. Um, but I know that you've also spent a lot of time looking at other jurisdictions and municipalities, and it would be great for Portland to be a leader in this, but I, there's also 
um, some cities that have been working really hard um, and and having a, maybe a little bit more success in this fight in bringing this this mechanism of accountability into a community sphere a little bit more deliberately. Um, are there any in particular that municipalities or other jurisdictions that you've looked at that you feel um, really have something that's worth kind of mimicking or at least thinking about strongly in this effort? Um, it's really difficult to point to one, and I think that's the whole point of the subcommittee on research uh, that did this work. Uh, no one jurisdiction is actually doing uh, a full bang on job. Um, but there is a lot of data to be able to compile to say what has and hasn't worked from any jurisdictions. So as much as we want to put our thumb down on a jurisdiction, personally, I would say that um, we are finding out a lot of information to make us a jurisdiction that would hopefully lead in this and be cutting edge. And um, again, our subcommittee on research has been absolutely amazing with what they've done. Um, we sat as co-chairs watching over uh, in this, uh, uh, these amazing experts that have been the co-chairs for these subcommittees really facilitate something amazing and strong. The document that we've actually uh, approved uh, the other night is, is quite impressive and gives a lot of hope for the, the material that we've developed for uh, this IPR board to uh, hopefully function on. But uh, I personally, I can't point to one. I think CMOB um, said it really well. Um, the police accountability has had a subcommittee on research uh, working on the issue of looking at outside jurisdictions and looking really hard to see what are their best practices. And also, um, are there any practices from them that we should um, avoid? And of course, what we're really looking for are um, opinion or ideas, suggestions, practices that are a best fit for Portland, because what works in another jurisdiction, um, what works in another jurisdiction is not necessarily going to work in Portland. Um, but, uh, you know, we don't uh, have to reinvent the wheel completely. Um, there are a lot of uh, good ideas out there. Um, you know, we looked at New York, we looked at the state of Maryland, we looked at the city of San Diego, we looked at Washington, D.C., we looked at a ton of jurisdictions and uh, compiled uh, a lot of best practices that we're really excited to uh, look at as uh, some options uh, as we move forward into the powers and duties phase. When it comes to any question of constitutionality, there are layers that go from the federal government to the state level to the city. Um, and it seems to me that there are some things that are going to be really challenging in terms of breaking down some of the barriers uh, and increasing transparency and and stuff like that. Is there anything in particular that you think um, is going to be a challenge before the commissions uh, that you're working towards, that your proposals might be able to ameliorate a little bit? I don't know why I'm saying ameliorate at 9.30 in the morning, but you'll forgive me. <laughs> Actually impressive. Well done. Yeah, I'm Googling that one. <laughs> um, I mean, there's so many complex layers. And I think, um, you know, one of them is the interaction with state standards and state statutes. Um, 
So recently the Commission on Statewide Law Enforcement Standards in Oregon came up with sort of their proposed uh, discipline standards uh, across the state of Oregon. And if those standards are lower than the discipline standards that we end up recommending, um, potentially the standards that we recommend to police accountability in Portland would only be held to those Oregon adopted standards. So there are a lot of um, intersecting, like deep knotted um, policy issues uh, between, as you mentioned, federal and state, county, and then city. Um, so as commissioners, I think the way that we have tried to approach that is um, we are trying to gain as much political will within the city of Portland, trying to design a system that really holds police accountable here. Um, and once we get to that step, um, you know, with that political will, it's it's also then packaged up to um, statewide lobbyists to say, listen, like, here's what we've come up with. These are the standards and here's how we found them. Um, here's how it is informed by community, informed by experts, informed by research, um, because that is not the same model that the statewide standards were created. And so our hope is to really bring them along with us. Like Portland can be a leader in uh, police accountability within the state. So I think that's, um, that's our hope. I don't know if that will be our reality, um, but yeah, it's really complex. And when we talk to other jurisdictions, the same um, complexities came up. Uh, you know, I talked to Austin, Texas, and there's some really progressive things happening around police oversight in Austin, but they are still bound by the state law of the state of Texas. And those can be directly oppositional. So that's a political fight that we will have to, you know, one political fight at a time. Um, that's one that we know will be coming. Um, but hopefully, I think that's why, you know, not just city and county elections are important, but our upcoming statewide election is really important for us. We need to have a strong state government that will support the leadership of the city of Portland um, adopting this new accountability commission. Um, so I think that that's an important consideration as we think about who we're voting for is um, where are we gonna garner political support, not just within the city? Um, I think Commissioner Lloyd mentioned um, how important the city council election is that's upcoming, um, particularly around policing. And I think likewise, um, the statewide election that's upcoming is really vital to the um, implement, to be able to implement this work um, in the coming years. It could be potentially really scary to have four years um, with no political support at all um, around these types of issues. We spoke with the city council, uh, police brass, um, Portland Police Association, the US Department of Justice, and, and also a small handful of community groups, uh, which I believe all of whom were Amici, uh, friends of the court in the Department of Justice settlement. Were there any other community groups that you either considered speaking to or wish that you had uh, been able to speak with? I think one of, yes, I mean, we, 
the the nerds and all of us could have spent you know like three years just on the fact finding phase the fact that we did it in six months it sounds like long but i think all of us could have just kept going and going and going to like better understand what's happening in the country and what's happening here in portland uh, so there are a lot of community organizations that we would have loved to have the full commission listen um, we are now moving into deep community engagement. So a lot of those uh, bodies and groups that we didn't get a chance to hear from in, in this phase, uh, we will be listening to. So we'll, we'll be doing focus groups and community listening sessions. Um, I know Commissioner Lloyd talked to Teresa Rayford. You can speak on that a little bit with Don't Shoot Portland. Um, we have the opportunity to really engage specifically in community, where community is, um, hopefully in language, uh, and to be able to support community to have conversations with us about what's working and what's not working or their interactions uh, with policing. I think, you know, Zoom is not often the most accessible place for people to participate. And so we had a lot of speakers come and we listened. And I think um, our hope is moving forward that of course, we're going to continue to do um, hybrid meetings, but that we can really involve the community um, to have important feedback sessions and also listening on our end of, of things that we may have missed. Yeah, and, you know, I would also highlight that for we it would have been great to be able to bring organizations like pacific northwest family circle in to provide also uh, some vital feedback and information and um in a in a very formal way invited um, however but it is also on the flip side of the coin it is quite awesome to know that we have members of the uh, pacific Fa uh, northwest uh, family circle representative in our um, in our ranks as commissioners. And so uh, I, I feel like it's been a very fortunate place to be able to kind of be representative of community and, uh, and look across our commission to be able to see so many different forms of that representation uh, sitting there in commission form, being able to look uh, at uh, law enforcement and be like, okay, what do you have to say? What is your what is your resource? What is your approach? What is your understanding? And really hold a lens to them in a way where it's like it's not them talking to themselves like they have been for the past 20, 25 years. So um, with those that we could have had, I know um, politically one of the things that had come up that we did not have um, as invited were like a lot of big business. And I feel like that that might be a projection for some of the obstacles to come as far as like, you know, oh, well, you didn't approach big business for their opinion or whatnot. But at the same time, when you're talking about police accountability um, and you're talking about issues that that govern um, mediation and the complaint process and uh, oversight agency and community engagement, and, um, communities that are truly impacted by um, the lack uh, the lack of investigation and stuff like this, I feel like we actually covered pretty good and proper ground throughout this research process. Um, I know that uh, during one of our last city council meetings, it was brought up um, uh, that, you know, we might have spent a little bit too, uh, too much time uh, in, uh, in research, 
but that actually also felt very satisfying to actually hear because it's one of the most important things that we can do is to be able to create research, have proper data, feel fulfilled, maybe have a little too much and kind of carve around the fat, you know, um, and whittle it down to something that um, that that is almost uh, that'll that'll carry us very well. And, you know, it's something that was built and developed by community. Uh, I will say we we are really looking forward to having um, community engagement events. We hope to have a lot of community engagement events and listening sessions um, in addition to actively soliciting public comment at all of our regular meetings. Um, we really hope people do uh, show up and um, feel you know very free to speak with us there. Um, we actually just uh, hired a staff person who's job is to help us with uh, community engagement and we are so so thankful um, to be to be staffed and to be resourced in that way um, so that is wonderful uh, we definitely do have a uh, kind of a, a, a wish list um, a, you know a, a dream list of uh, partners who we hope are willing to work with us on community engagement events going forward um, you know some of them might be like sisters of the road don't Shoot PDX, um, NIA, which is Native American Youth and Family Center. Um, so really groups that are working directly and doing, you know, doing direct service work and doing um, organizing with uh, the most affected communities um, in terms of policing. So we really, really are hoping to um, work with communities that are working with um, uh, House of Population, um, um, with black residents, with um, native and indigenous residents. Um, we are just, we're really, really uh, looking forward to um, uh, the, the richness and the nuance that is going to come from the conversations that we have with those communities. And like I said, success is definitely going to come from community engagement around these issues. So we're really looking forward to that. I want to make sure that we uh, get some some details about uh, listeners opportunities to to engage coming up soon here but before as we kind of like get into the last five minutes or so is there anything that we haven't talked about uh, that you would like to highlight or that you'd like to discuss before we move to a close yeah I think just well one thing of note I, there is so much speaking as a resident of Portland, there is so much mistrust and frustration as a community that we're experiencing. And, um, you know, the 20 of us, we are volunteers. We, we live in neighborhoods in Portland. We're your neighbors. We're a diverse group. Um, we are majority uh, Black, Indigenous, people of color. We represent a lot of Portland. and. I think it's important to note that of as we talk about police accountability and we talk about our interactions with the city of Portland, that that the systems are broken, um, I think is something that a lot most people will acknowledge um, and our participation as volunteers um, can be limited by that broken system. Uh, but I and I think, uh, you know, three years ago, almost no, two years ago when um, Commissioner Hardesty brought 26217, um, she really laid out a strong vision for a way that community members 
can um, put into practice um, their frustration to find a solution. And so I, I guess as we transition into what listeners can do is it's inviting people to participate um, in our conversations. <clears throat> you know, we've talked about, pardon me, public comments so much, and it sounds really formal. Um, and it, it can be intimidating to be on Zoom and not see people and be like, what am I giving comment to? But truly, we really, it is meaningful and it helps inform our decisions. Um, and as neighbors and volunteers and community members, um, we're not elected. I mean, we're appointed, but we're not elected officials. We're not being paid by the city of Portland. Um, our political interests are really transparent. Um, and so I think um, in saying all of that is please come and talk to your neighbors. You know, um, while it's a really formal setting, we, we would really appreciate hearing from community on issues around policing in areas that we just may not have um, sight on. We may not understand. Um, Simon pointed out like how involved many of us are in these social justice spaces, but there are a lot of people who don't even know that they get to have an opinion on policing. And we wanna hear from, from folks like that too. Um, we need your help. <laughs> um, the work that the commission is doing is the direct result of 82% of Portlanders voting yes on the real police accountability measure in 2020. So if you voted yes on that and you're wondering, hey, whatever happened with that, it's happening. The work is being done right now. The work that the commission is doing uh, is the, the first step towards creating that new civilian oversight board. Um, and we really want to hear from you. So uh, feel free to email us directly with you know questions or comments or concerns at policeaccountability at portlandoregon.gov. Um, uh, also, please show up for public comment. Um, we have it every single meeting. Uh, we meet most Mondays and Thursdays from 7 to 9 p.m. and public comment usually falls towards the end of that time. Um, and I believe that we will have our first community engagement event on November 3rd. Um, to learn more, check out the website. Again, you can find us by Googling Police Accountability Commission. Portland, and um, it will bring up our, our, our website with links to everything and a lot more information. So we need your help. We need community engagement. Um, the PAC success really will come from being a community-driven process in which members of the public make their voices heard. Yeah, and um, also um, I provided a link to uh, our Police Accountability uh, Commission public comment form that if you can't make it to the end of the call um, and uh, it's uh, you, you have difficulty uh, uh, being able to find accessible ways, uh, there's also a, a SurveyMonkey form that we put out um, You know, it asks, what's your name? You can use a pseudonym if you'd like or whatnot. Uh, but um, at the same time, please provide public comment. We want to be able to make this accessible as much as possible, but public comment is going to be incredibly important, especially moving on to the following phase. Uh, Austin, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I just wondered if there was anything you wanted to add about the community engagement piece before we sign off. Um, I think the commissioners covered it pretty well. 
Um, I, I know the com the commissioners are excited to to finally have a staffer, and um, I I think we're going to do some really good work here. So I'm just excited to get going, um, start reaching out to really like grassroots uh, organizations and the people who have been doing this work, not just in the last couple of years, but this the people who have really dedicated their life to this work um, and supporting them in any way that we know how. Um, and so that's, that's my goal is just helping the commissioners be able to do that and, and making sure that we can really start to try and build trust between, you know, the, the, the pretty broken system that we have right now between, you know, the city of Portland and, and community members and trying in any way to bring, bring about some way in which, uh, the community feels, like there's some harm reduction being done and that um, really just, just general safety. So yeah, just excited to be here. So thank you. Thank you all so much for uh, um, talking with us today and um, writing really thoughtful answers and information for our listeners about this process. Um, so we've been speaking today with the three co-chairs of the fact-finding phase of the Portland Police Accountability Commission. Uh, Faith Aiken, Seema Busseini, and Lavisa Lloyd, as well as Austin Foster, the Community Engagement and Communications Coordinator. Thank you all so much for being with us today. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much.